so I played in Public Image Limited for five years, The Good Five Years, Metal Box, Parasol Prontomps, Flowers of Romance, This Is What You Want, This Is What You Get, and then Live in Tokyo. Oh, oh. Uh, played in Killing Joke for a couple of years through the Extremities album. I managed the band. Um, I was on tour with Ministry in 91. Started a band called Pig Face, which has got 300,000 members, including Trent Reznor and Flea and everybody. What else have I done? I have a label called Invisible, a recording studio called The Mattress Factory. I've been to China twice. I am a shit, totally shit DJ. Uh, I'm 52, I've got four kids. All boys. <laughs> um, what else? Did I, I've been to China twice, made an album there. Made a documentary that won an award with this with this shit camera. It's like, like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Fuck off. I love doing that to students who are all Final Cut Pro with some huge fucking thing. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm a, I won an award. They're like, no, stop. Uh, what else? Oh, and I, t I wrote a book called Tour Smart. Um, and a book called Welcome to the Music Business, You're Fucked, which I'll give you a code, you can download that. And I'm just finishing up Band Smart. I teach in Madison, a place called Madison Media Institute. I go over all over the world teaching. So I started teaching and I'm thinking, great, I'm really gonna dial it back on the travel and now I'm just like everywhere all the time. So we did that. All right, so this is Welcome to the Music Business, You're Fucked. Before we start, you could be like, oh, it's San Francisco, so you could be like software programming rock stars. It doesn't have to be a real fucking rock. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can we try that again? Right. Hey. <clears throat> so, yeah, pill, killing shit, blah, blah, blah. Hey. Are there any uh, rock stars? <laughs> yeah. Grab your crotch. Doesn't have to be your crotch. Grab a fucking crotch. Well, that's great because, oh dear. Jimmy John's Sandwich Shop is looking for some rock stars. And I say that, well, I think I say it because I'm an asshole, but also, in my own defense, it kind of illustrates the changing nature of the music business, right? Um, when I was a kid, there was a few rock stars, and if they're still alive, they're still rock stars now. Um, but the music business is participatory. Now, everybody's doing it. This isn't a cell phone, but if it was a cell phone, people would be doing mixes on their cell phones for people to listen to that shit on their cell phones. If you're a recording engineer, are you an engineer? I'll let, okay, we'll see. It's like, how much low end is on this mix? None. There's nothing below like fucking 200 cycles, right? What does it sound like? Shit. But it's not what it sounds like. It's your shitty remix that you fucked up that you can send to all of your 15 Facebook friends, right? That's what it is. It's just the multiplier. Doesn't matter what it sounds like. But mainly, I think I'm being a dick. Everything's changing all the time. That's not me. That's also uh, Heraclitus, Roman philosopher guy, going back 300. Yeah. Uh, 
Turn to, is that still around? It was new like three weeks. It's like, what the fuck? Can I just, can I type a slide? Can I use a slide more than fucking twice? Fucking MySpace, I still leave MySpace on there because I think it's hilarious. It's like a teen horror film. It's like, don't go, don't go in the building. We're going in the building. No, don't go in the building. Um, blah, blah, blah. Hootsuite. I'll just, I mean, you, are you guys all over this shit, right? Yes. Hootsuite is fantastic because you can schedule your tweets. So if you're in a band and you, before your Cleveland show, right, you could be, you, your tweets can be saying, Cleveland, 30 minutes to go. We're going to rock this town. Fuck, look out. 15 minutes to go. Cleveland, here we go. In reality, you're in the toilets banging up heroin. This is, I mean, they don't say that. That's not in their advertising, but it's just one of the many uses of Hootsuite. Lots of amazing shit. It's, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. Sendable. Ah, it's fantastic. Timely. You know about Timely? It learns when your tweets get open the most. I used to think that was like a $5,000 consulting gig. Now it's just somebody fucking did the software. Thanks a lot. Ah! We gradually learn when your tweets get open. And, ah! I thought I was going to do that. So yeah, everything's changing all the time. Formats have been changing. Cylinders, right? I'd love to set up a DJ, have some huge DJ coming. Here are the cylinder players. What? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Flat records, vinyl, reel-to-reel. Yes, eight-track cartridge, cassette, CD, MP3, lossless, cloud streaming. It's all changing all the time. What's next? Vinyl? It's, n it's new now. It's old again. It's fucking old again. Not vinyl again. Yeah, and blah, 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 lots of, yeah. So, let's go off on a tangent. Something is an object, it's weird and it's new. It becomes adopted, then it's iconic. It becomes lame and discarded, and then after a variable amount of time, it becomes a memory prompt, and it's hip again. What's next? Uh, maybe. Yeah, Thurston Moore's are fucking all over it already. So it's like the cassette is old again. But I, I don't feel like me. I just like looking at cassettes. Like, oh, not a full erection, but just like, <laughs> you know, ooh, I want to stick my fingers in the. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an object. It's weird. It's new. It becomes adopted. It becomes iconic. It becomes lame and discarded. And after a variable of time, it becomes a memory prompt, and it's hip. Which reminds me of the bullshit of other people's agendas, right? This is, what was this, 80s, late 70s? Home taping is killing music. It's illegal. No, I think what killed, and it, well, it didn't kill music, did it? I mean, it was, no, I think what killed music was lame, shitty bands with crappy songs and no live show and not enough juice for the fucking fog machine. I think that's what started to kill music. Um, and I don't think it's a problem if 20,000 people illegally download your music. It's a problem if 20,000 people don't. Right? It's not a gift. It's an exploding guilt bomb. Unless you're shit and your music sucks and you're crap and you hate people. Then it's just over really quickly. So where were we? 
Okay, so an object's weirdest newest adopted iconic lame discarded and after a variable amount of time becomes a memory prompt. Let's test this theory. <laughs> I'm not picking on Robert De Niro just because we share an agent. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. Down a corridor and round the, yeah. Uh, so, he was an object, he was weird and new, wasn't he? He became adopted. Iconic. Fucking Bobby. <laughs> I mean, come on. The fuck? Manage where was the manager? Where was some, where was just friends of the family? Like, are you sh fucking, sh have, did you, what? <laughs> no, he starts the Tribeca Film Festival. Fucking pulls it out of the swamp, doesn't he? Do we have, is there audio for that? No, it's a car. How did he do that? That's genius, to pull it out of that and turn it into a car. Back to music. <laughs> if you look up, anybody want to Google ADD? It's, there's a picture of me doing, doing this. Uh, anyway. Recording studios. Uh, anybody want to work at the Hip Factory in New York City? It might seem like it's a tangent, but it's not. Eventually, it's not. Uh, it's not a studio anymore. It's penthouses, right? They've taken the vibe, uh, and they've done a really interesting entrepreneurial thing. They don't talk about square footages of the spaces anymore. It's like, wow. You don't talk about the fixtures in your bathroom. That's where Lou Reed did fucking heroin, <laughs> you know? It's like, but they've taken the vibe of all of these people and they've turned it into condos, right? So the music is playing in the elevators in the building. It's like some kind of horrifying Saturday Night Live nightmare. <laughs> The lofts are as cutting edge and luxurious in their model as the studio once was with its high tech hit making machine because that's what I want in a loft space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the studio was an object. It was weird, it was new, it was adopted, it was iconic, it was lame, discarded, and after a variable amount of time, became a memory prompt. It's like Abbey Road. Does anybody record at Abbey Road because of the equipment? No, it's because I'm like, I think Paul McCartney fucking microphone. <laughs> so what's important really? It's vibe, isn't it? Vibe. And now we're back <laughs> to the car. And this is, this is just like the lead up. <laughs> This is, yeah, what am I doing? So, uh, which leads me to this. There are no airbags in the music business. There are no airbags in life, really. Uh, when it all goes wrong, your head is going through the windshield. So I throw that in there. So let's look at the fuck-duppity things. We'll start at my little fuck list. Uh, fuck by yourself. Don't pay any attention to these numbers. I've been editing this for like... Six months, it's like a nightmare. And if you're looking for font consistency, there's the door. Do us both a favor. Don't fucking email me with some font shit, because it's not happening. Fuck by yourself. 
Number blaming. You can't blame anybody for anything. It's, it's your life. It's your career. It's whatever is important to you, right? So as soon as you start blaming someone else, you're kind of screwed. You have to take responsibility for even the things you've agreed contractually are somebody else's responsibility because you will pay 150% of the price when it goes wrong. So you have to take 300% of the responsibility. Oh, Boo-hoo, yes. Fuck by yourself ambition. We'll get to that in a little bit. Fuck by yourself number three. You're an asshole. <laughs> Why do people think they're like a great strategy is like being an I know, I've got it. I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> Fuck by yourself number four, the pursuit of perfection. I call this the Christmas album syndrome, right? Because now we, we can all make albums and have Abbey Road in our laptops. Um, we can just all sit in this spiraling endless loop of what seems like creativity. But it's not. It's some kind of fetish disease thing. Um, so, a mediocre Christmas album that's finished on October 15th is better than an amazing, unbelievable Christmas album featuring Elton John, Billy Joel. I'm just listing my favorites now. Elvis Presley, Back from the Dead. That album finished on January 3rd is worthless shit. Right? So, I just that's my little reminder of just getting things done. Uh, fuck by the law, a contract is no protection ever, ever. Leverage is. If you have a two-inch thick contract, it's no protection, unless you're going to throw a bunch more money at it, fly back out to San Francisco and sue the club owner or whatever the fuck is gone. If you have leverage, that's how you get what you need. So accumulate leverage, not necessarily contracts. Uh, fuck by the need for external validation. Success is like appendicitis or bad gas. It's internal. Right? As soon as you start looking outside for validation, journalists, other people's opinions, chart positions, what is that? You are screwed. Fucked by geography. I think this is one of the reasons these guys flew me out here. It's this kind of insight, looking at the data and cutting straight to it. America's big. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you're sitting here, you might not have realized, right? You're like, fuck! America's big. The 100 largest markets, Nielsen SoundScan markets, there's only 16 of those markets west of a line from Minneapolis down to Texas. So, if you're a band from Chicago, Right, and you, where you, what is this, Denver? What's that, 12, 1,300 miles? Another 800 miles to Salt Lake? Wherever else you go, it's 1,000 miles. Expressed differently, exploding transmission, exploding bass player's mind. I can't, I can't do it. We should have listened to Martin. Ah. Exploding lead guitarist underpants from the dubious microwave burrito you bought from the Mormon truck stop just outside Salt Lake City. Okay, that's a whole other lecture right there. Here's a simple idea. Don't go west of that line. You know, I've got people, fucking Todd Rundgren and his wife looked at this map. They were just crying like, oh, if only we'd seen this map. 
30 years ago. Like, me too. I, I, I did that. It's insane. You stay east of that line, that you could skateboard between half of these places. I think more importantly, if you have a great gig, you can hang around afterwards. Not necessarily to shag, just to hang out, listen to someone's all-vinyl Japanese import Bay City Rollers album collection. Yeah. <laughs> I started to think of, yeah, sorry. Right. So you just stay east of that line. This is gas prices across the U.S. The most expensive <laughs> gas is on the West Coast. So you're driving further. You're driving faster. That's what I do when I've got an 800-mile drive. So you're shredding your miles per gallon. The most expensive gas in the country. This is population distribution. One reason not to play there. I meant to remove that one because that's not funny. <laughs> no, I mean, it isn't. Fuck by a lack of information. Where are your fans? You plan this whole tour of North America. What if all your fans are in Belgium? Yeah, just shoot yourself. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, what if? What if they were in Belgium? Uh, fuck by yourself, number seven. So there's a trend here. You're just basically fucked by yourself is what it is. Pursuing technical ability. This is you told me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Joyless little bastard, isn't he? But he's got over a million views on his web page. He's, he's got a CBGB's t-shirt which should be ripped off of his back. He's about to meet Ozzy Osbourne. He's on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Meet this guy. Bastard. I guess what I'm advocating here is a diversified skill set. If you're just doing one thing, you're fucked. Right, I saw this kid backstage. He can't hold his liquor for shit. I think that's why he fell down the stairs. <laughs> but if you're just doing one thing, go on the internet, type in that thing, followed by child prodigy. And I guarantee you, within five minutes, you will be crying. Express more simply, you don't just want an amazing bass player. You want the mediocre bass player with a van, right? That's all I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fuck by managers, agents, publicists, your label. You don't need a label. Your producer, a radio plugger. I was on a panel with a radio plugger. I'm like, that's the reason I don't do panels anymore. I'm like... I, I, I was just really nice to this radio plug and I should have been punching him in the face is what I should have been doing. Fuck by promoters. Fuck by yourself. Allowing yourself to think that anybody else gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about anything that's important to you other than you.
Fuck by yourself number a million looking for a record deal. Could you stop? Could you stop looking for a record deal, please? Uh, fuck by yourself number uh, whatever. Lack of imagination. I'm going to join a bobsled team. Sometimes it's just a little tiny tweak, one extra thing that makes something cool as fuck. I'm going to join a bobsled team. Yeah. I'm going to join a Jamaican bobsled team. That is not just a great idea. That's a, that was a movie. You sad loser. Fucks. I love that. That's my favorite moment. The cool runnings moment. Yeah, please turn your phone off. That's outrageous. Should we look at some solutions? <laughs> yeah, let's look at some solutions then. Strategy number one, have a fucking, have one. Could we have a strategy? You know, I know people who spend more time on the Thanksgiving dinner, seating around, oh, there's vegetarians, fuck. <laughs> spend longer on the Thanksgiving seating plan than they do on their careers. I know bands who don't have a GPS or a map. What are you doing? We're going on the road. Have you got a map? Fuck off. <laughs> Number two, get the fuck out of bed. It's just an idea. Easy for you to say, Martin, because I've got a three-year-old and a fucking five-year-old and a, whatever. So most mornings at five o'clock, I'm getting kicked in the back and I've got congealing puke all across, all across the back of my neck. Very similar to some of the situations I think you guys are going to wind up in later tonight. But if I'm up at five and your arch rival, weirdly, the lead singer in a band called the Arch Rivals, is up at ten, you're five hours ahead of him. That's not much, right? But using all of those tools we looked at at the beginning, you could be really productive. That could be a good five hours. But at the end of a week, you're 35 hours ahead of him. At the end of a month, you are... 100, and, 100 what? You threw me off there. I had it. 140, fuck. 140 hours ahead. That's like you are your own amazing assistant. Boom. That's all it is. That's the only problem that we face. It's just so much time needed to do all the shit that only you care about. So, yeah, get the fuck out of bed. There's, there's a new, uh, what is it called? Shoutomatic where I can tweet and you hit the link and it's me going, get the fuck out of bed. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought after my long career I'd end up just being like the voice for an alarm clock? Yes. Strategy number three, practice for catastrophe. I was at this place in Norway called the Rehearsal Hotel. Gorgeous rehearsal room. It had that diamond plate metal aluminum halfway up the walls, nice carpeting, PA system, bass rig, drum kit, piano. Who has a piano? Uh, microphones with cables all coiled up, two guitar amps, you know, mirror all the way down one side. I'm like, this is gorgeous. The elevators worked. I checked them. I'm like, I bet the elevators, they do, they work. But I thought, is this what we need? 
to be better? I'd like that rehearsal room and I'd tweak it. I'd be behind that mirror, make it a two-way mirror. And if a band was in there really getting into it, air guitar, bro, I'd hit a button. I'd electrocute the guitarist. Yeah, semi-erection. I'd hit another button. I'd hit the microphone. I'm irking. Make the microphone stop working. I'd hit another button and open up a big hole in the middle of the stage. I'd hit another button, electrocute the guitarist again. I'd hit another button and have piss rain from the ceiling. Because that's every fucking show I've ever done. So when you get your opening slot at Lollapalooza, and you're like, fucking hell, here we go, here comes the big time. Oh, I could irking. There's a hole in the Yeah, it's an outdoor show. It's raining piss on us. This is unbelievable. You can laugh because you've practiced for all of that. Everything. Except a horrifying attack of diarrhea. And you can practice for that. Have handfuls of laxative chocolates before your rehearsal. I've got shit dribbling down the back of my legs right now. If I hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have known. Because I'm a fucking professional. You need to travel with me everywhere. Free is the new black. You know, I used to get into trouble w with this, you know, because musicians especially will spend 20, 30, 120, 130 grand making something. And it's really difficult to think about giving it away for free, but you have to. So I call it free is the new black. Monty Python, are we all on that page? Yeah, is anybody not on that page? Great, but I'll, I'll tell you this anyway, just so you can, whatever. Monty Python started giving their shit away, all of it. Their revenue went up 23,000% after they started giving everything away for free. It's pretty wild. They were kind of, there's a great interview with John Cleese talking about it. They were kind of skeptical and worried, but they did it and it worked. Prince, yeah, he's out of his mind. This screen is washable. If anybody wants to come and lick... It's just, that's just me. Okay, keep it moving. He is out of his mind. He started, he gave his two albums ago away free with the Daily Mirror in England. And I thought, well, this doesn't make sense. I understand target marketing, but this isn't target marketing. He's giving it to everybody who buys the Daily Mirror. So my dad, when he was still alive, sorry, dad, had the copy of Prince's album propping up his little oxygen machine, right? <laughs> yeah. But... He sold out 25 shows at London's O2 Arena because of that strategy. So the conversation between Prince's tour manager and the manager of the hotel in London went something like this. Hello, it's Prince's tour manager here. Uh, Prince needs two more rooms. And the manager of the hotel is like, okay, I'm just going to stop you right there. What, Prince needs rooms. He's going to be bringing girls and boys probably back to this room. I'm just going to stop this right now. And the tour manager's like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. 
We need two rooms. We need somewhere to put all the fucking money. <laughs> 25 million pounds for Prince to have sex on. With. <laughs> this is uh, a guy called Mathieu Drouin, the, the French-Canadian uh, manager of a bank called Metric. The, look at what he's saying. This is really interesting. The stuff we give away the most sells the most. I was like, huh? You, would, you can't think this stuff through. You have to do it, and you do more of what works and less of what doesn't. You would think it would be, we give these four songs away, and these other four songs sell quite well. That's not what he's saying. The songs they give away the most then sell the most. I think then people who like the band are buying those songs that they don't need, not because they have to, because they want to, and they're cementing some kind of bond with the band and the music that has spoken to them. Asterisk, unless you're shit and your band sucks and you don't have enough juice for the fog machine, and it's over pretty quickly, right? But it's an if you're interested in this stuff, uh, you should look at metric. It's an interesting thing. So speaking of free, if you didn't download my book already, I think an email went out. You can write that down, and you can download Welcome to the Music Business. You're fucked. Wouldn't it be horrible of me to do that? Uh, MediaInstitute.edu.freebook slash. Got it? It's, I think it's up on the SF Tech site somewhere. So I'm not just like, oh, yeah, free. Everything should be free. Please buy my shit. <laughs> Give my shit away. Stop overplaying your local market. Yes, you are. The rule is you only play your local market when you have a new shirt. And so even the fuckhead bands are like, oh, yeah, well, we've got a new shirt every week. Mm. It still works because now people who don't even like your band will find themselves in that trap of like collecting the set. I don't want to see it. I don't even like the band. I didn't like them the first time. We've got to go the fifth time because I bought all the shirts from the other gigs. And then by show number seven, the people who've seen you for the last seven weeks will start to have an attitude looking down their noses at the people who've just discovered you week six. Yeah, it's, yeah, whatever, it works. Make, sure sh make your shows events. You could use the five-pointed star, inward-facing crush. There's a um, YouTube movie for this. It's, it's this strategy. It's never take your country to war unless you're sure of the outcome with some stuff thrown in. Uh, but it's really well explained on a video, so go look at that. Yeah, you could succeed in Cincinnati. <laughs> yes. Uh, the show isn't the first thing you do. It should be the last. That's a, a, a strange one to grasp, but it's a good one. Small is the new huge. Why is it when bands have a choice between the 100 capacity venue and the 300 capacity venue, they will always choose the 900 capacity venue, right? There's nothing worse than 200 people in a 900 capacity venue. I think, uh, uh, you know, unless... I'm able to lie at will because I'm a fucking sociopath. But if you can't do that, then play in a phone booth. And you could get on the phone with your agent or your fan club or whoever the next day. Go, yeah, yeah it was fucking packed. It was packed. You could not move in there. It was like it was unbelievable. I mean, you could honestly. It's like sweat streaming down the walls. You don't say it was a phone booth. Right? Because it's only people like me who will say, and what was the capacity of the venue? Right? Most people look like, oh, they sold out. It's amazing. Book them. 
book that band. Learn how to screen print. Take control of the means of production. That's an easy one because you have to have more than one T-shirt for sale, right? Simple question. The, the question cannot be, would you, would you like to buy a shirt? Because that has a potential. No. Answer. The question has to be, which one of these shirts are you going to buy? It's not going to change the world. It's not huge. But maybe you'll sell an extra five shirts a night. And after 100 shows, that's 500 shirts. And it's not the money from 500 shirts, but that's useful. It's 500 more people are wearing your shirt, having a relationship with your logo. Unless you did a crappy job of printing and it's like faded, right? But other than that, it's a really good idea. Uh, try not to have every shirt have your band name on it. This is a band from Chicago called The Countdown. Um, also raises another point. This is the chorus of one of their songs. If the chorus of your song doesn't belong on a shirt, maybe it doesn't belong in the chorus of your song. It's a good one, right? When they sang that in the studio, I'm like, there's the shirt. That's a shirt. And they're like, What's the, what is he saying? <laughs> That's the shirt. I don't care about the band. I want that shirt. The best-selling pig face shirt ever. Eat shit. You, people who want to kick my ass will buy that shirt first. <laughs> I just saw a picture of Johnny Rotten wearing that shirt with Lemmy. Like, oh, yes. Oh. That's a sheep on drugs shirt. It says sheep on the back. You just have to remember not to wear it at an airport. It's bad. <laughs> Hello? I'm being singled out. <laughs> yes, you are. Use the Blackberry Jam scam. We all know what this is, right? We do have to do that. <laughs> One of my students uh, up at Madison Media w w was down in the front with this kind of frozen, thawing, really nice little jam pot kind of deal. I'm like, what's that? Because it's not everyday students bring like jam. You know, um, he's like, oh, this is my uh, organic grown strawberry jam. I'm like, well, bring me some next week. I'll give you an A because <laughs> that's how I roll, right? That's my, that's my shit right there. <laughs> A's for jam. I think I'm, I'm going to claim that. It's better than no child left behind for me anyway. Um, so... <coughs> The next week, he brings me a pot of his black, organic blackberry jam. And he's sitting there with a pot. I'm like, all right. I grab the pot of jam, thinking, at last, this teaching shit is really starting to pay off for me. <laughs> and with one hand on the jam, he hands me his fucking demo. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck! What? Ah! Oh. Ah! Oh. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm fucking, I'll throw it out the window on the drive back to Chicago. I'm not going to listen to it. Because you know what your demo is, right? It's not a gift. It's a fucking imposition. Right? Even if I want to listen to it, it makes my head hurt because I don't know how it goes. And all my head just starts hurting until I hear it go. It's a, it's, a, it's a problem for me. And no one has any time anyway. So 
I keep the jam. I'm thinking, this isn't a problem. This fucking music's going out the window. For some reason, I didn't throw the music out the window on the way home. I took it into the house. Put it on the kitchen table with the jam, which was starting to thaw. I thought, I'll just, I'll put that in the garbage disposal. Tomorrow. Not the jam, the, the demo. Next morning, I get up, and I'm like looking at this demo. Put the toast in. Butter the toast. Open up the jam. Get the spoon. And it's kind of interesting. It's runnier than store-bought jam. And it smells really fragrant and nice. I'm like, oh, oh. And as soon as I spread that jam on the toast, I am fucked. I'm fucked. Because I'm imagining him gardening these little blackberries. And <laughs> I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do with a black... <laughs> with the blackberries making this jam and I like I, I couldn't do that. I'd accepted the gift and I'd eaten it. So I had to listen to his fucking demo. Not only not only did I listen to it, I filmed myself on my amazing HD shit camera. Filmed myself putting a disc in the car player and made sure you could see what it was because I he didn't know that I was going to, he knows now because he's seen me do this. But he, did, he didn't know I was going to throw it out the window, but I did. And so I'm like trying to do this recompense via YouTube. Hey, I'm listening to this demo now, Color Phase. And now I'm telling you the name of his band, Color Phase. Yeah, coming at you. <laughs> so I'm not sure of what the, the lesson of that is. But think about that. Think about it. <laughs> Never take your country to war unless you're sure of the outcome. That's uh, Sun Tzu, a bass player. I think he was a bass player. But um, this started me thinking, actually. I, when I first saw that, I thought, on a tour, that's impossible. It's impossible to think about that, but it's not impossible. You have to strive to do that. I ask bands, what are the 25 reasons your show will succeed? And they're like, we did posters. Like, yeah, we need 24 more. And actually, that's not even one of the 25, right? Never take your country to war unless you're sure of the outcome. And with all the tools you have, all the analytic tools you have now, right, you can be all over that like never before. It's a great band out of LA called Thess One. They put up a free mixtape. They got 1,200 downloads from Beijing. So they called up a promoter, went to Beijing. Guess what? The show sold out. Boom. It's a great time. Aim low. Get up. <laughs> Get up. Sorry, I'm working on this like delivery. Aim low. Get high. Um, what do I mean by this? Yeah, have ambition. We all need to have ambition. But if you wander around looking at where you want to be, you'll miss the opportunity that's right in front of you. Okay? Um, if you're trying to put 20,000 people in a stadium, how do you do that? I have no fucking clue. But you could make two friends today. Couldn't you? If you can't do that, get help. Learn how to do that. Um, but you can make two friends today and two friends tomorrow. It's just a multiplier, isn't it? You just do that for four years, then you've got 20,000 people who know you, and then you go and put them in a stadium, 
Right? It's, it's easy to do that. The problem is when you're focusing on the 20,000 people and two people come up to you, they want to be friends and they're like, what you, you're like, fuck off. Get out of my way. I'm trying to find 20,000 people. I was lucky enough to be at the Great Wall of China in 2008 or something. That's a great kind of metaphor for this whole idea, really. You can stand back from the Great Wall of China as I did, like, you know, this spiritual experience. Well, how, did they, how did they do this? It's unbelievable. And then I got hungry because there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken at the Great Wall of China. I said to the guy, yeah, I said to the guy, this is so wrong on so many, yeah, extra, extra crispy. <laughs> but the, my point is you can stand off looking at the Great Wall of China going, how did they do it? Fuck, it's unbelievable. <laughs> or you can, look <laughs> waving. Or you can just start building your own fucking wall. And after like six or eight weeks, well, you'll have kind of a shitty, meaningless pile of bricks. After six or eight months, you'll have a bit of a wall going on. And when your friends stop by and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? You can proudly tell them, it's a great wall of China too. The fucking squeak wall. <laughs> and, yeah, it's all in there. And maybe your friends will roll up their sleeves and go, you're fucking out of your mind. This is ridiculous. You're crazy. How can we help? Right? That's what interests me. I'm not, when, when a student comes to me and they've got, here's the spreadsheet. Everything looks great. This looks like it's going to work. Then go do it. I'm not interested. Should we bring you photographs? Don't, you don't have to bring me photographs. It looks fine. I'm actually not interested. I'm interested in the stuff that shouldn't happen. That's what fucking gets me going. That's the challenge. And so I told you, free is the new black, got a little bit of kickback, aim low, get high. People got like upset with me about that. And then I saw this in a major publication and it made me cry, I don't mind telling you. A, gr <laughs> a great life isn't about great huge things. It's about small things that make a big difference. And I saw that in the IKEA catalog. <laughs> and it was really fucking. <laughs> Diversify your skill set. We covered that, didn't we? Diversify your band. Choose the bass player with a van. Yes. You want 10 great songs? Yeah. Write 30. Right. So many times I've been in the studio with a band. We're going to do 10 songs. How many have you got? Seven. <laughs> Right, 30. Just everything's easy. It's just five times the work you thought it was. That's all. Release EPs and singles more often. Stay on top of new. Come on. What? Oh, is that me? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. What? No. SF Tech. Well, there's, yeah, there's a few assholes here, but mainly, no, it's fine, yeah. No, I'm doing the Starsky and Hutch 
Phone? Yeah. Ciao. <laughs> that is the best dollar I ever spent in my life. You'd love it. <laughs> uh, pour gasoline on the sparks that exist. Not the sparks that you thought should exist in the places you thought they might be. Find out where the sparks are. Pour the gasoline there. Start a fucking fire. All of my rules are flexible and actually not rules at all. Uh, momentum is king. If you have momentum, you could get anything you want. If you've just got money and you're trying to buy momentum, you are so fucked. There are all kinds of people who will help you, and then you won't have much momentum and you won't have much money either. Generate the momentum. You could get anything you want. Always be nice to everyone. And my rule is... Be nicest to the person that there's absolutely no reason for you to be nice to them. And it kind of works because <coughs> I got into a fight with this guy in uh, 1985, I think it was, 1984, like a bad backstage fight because he didn't do a very good job in the dressing room. <laughs> and it's a good job that that guy was only uh, Kevin Lyman, who now owns and runs the Warp Tour, metal throwdown, country biscuit, whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you, it might not be as bad as that for you. And I'm fortunate. I apologize to Kevin in front of like 600 people at CMJ uh, in New York and we're friends, but it's not going to work out like that all the time. Um, so if you want to be nice to Kevin, he's an easy guy to be nice to, but I don't know what it will take to get his attention now. Um, but for someone, there's no reason for you to be nice to them, just a smile or a sandwich or a beer, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. Have a tip jar with an interesting saying on the tip jar. I always forget to do a tip jar, but it's 15 to $50 a night, which isn't going to make a difference. But with the two shirts that you now have for sale and your tip jar, it starts to add up. Not if you do five shows a year. Right, but if you do 300 shows a year, it really starts to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, pose an interesting question. And interestingly enough, I got this off of uh, some radio show. If you post a picture with someone's eyes, people tip more. If you, post, if you put that poster up by a breakfast buffet, people eat more granola <laughs> and they tidy up after themselves. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Gig swap. Use social media tools with Japanese table manners. First time I went to Japan, we were told we couldn't pour our drinks at a formal dinner. And social media is like that. You can't pour your own drink. Social media, you pour everybody else's drink, and eventually somebody will pour yours. I like that one. And even though it's the World Wide Web, I think sometimes we try and do this huge thing and have a global impact. We're not looking to do that. We're looking for a fart in an elevator. You could destroy someone's life in a moment, and then they'll talk about it for the rest of their lives, right? That's what we're trying to do. It's just a different scale. You create an action that works, and Vidal Sassoon, the fuck out of it. <laughs> you make cool shit, and you make more cool shit. This is a San Francisco guy called Moldova. Um, he made this unbelievable album. I've got one in there. I just don't want to get it out. Um, with all of the song titles written in circuitry on the back. And um, it's like a built-in light-sensitive theremin right? with a headphone jack in the side. It's unbelievable. It's $50. Um, and I called him up. 
Like, how's it going? He's like, it's, it's sold out, 500. I think he thought he'd have to make two one week, three the next week, one the next week. And it's suddenly sold out. $50 times 500. Anybody want to do the math? $25,000. Do you know how long it will take you to make $25,000 on an independent label, a major label? Never, ever, ever, never, never, ever, never, never, ever, never, ever going to do that. But he's on the phone freaking out. Right? This is his great wall of China, isn't it? He's here in San Francisco. All of his friends are like, hey, Steve, what are you doing? Oh, not much. Put down that syringe. Fucking crazy Moldovas sold a bunch of these albums. So groups of people going over to his house, soldering up these things and helping him out. Boom. Unbelievable. Never give up. If you can sustain, you will succeed. Just a couple more slides. This is kind of a talisman to keep you safe. If you know that you're fucked, then you're not. If you think for a second that you're not, then you are. It's lovely, isn't it? If you know that you're fucked, then you're not. If you think that you're not, then you are. Right? But it's heavy. If you really get your head around it, it's fucking heavy. And I know what some of you are thinking. I can see it. What is that in German? Wenn du weißt, dass du gefickt bist, bist du nicht gefickt. Wenn du glaubst, dass du echt nicht bist, bist du gefickt. I thought that was going to be an amazing shirt, right? Bist du gefickt. Or, or maybe it would just end up being bis do. Oh, no, bis do. Sold. I don't, we, we didn't sell any. We didn't sell us. Good job I only printed one, right? Uh, and uh, something I always like to do is finish off by throwing blueberry muffins at people. Thanks a lot. <laughs>